The scripture reading comes today comes from the first chapter of John, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is the word of God for all God's people. Good morning. I hope everyone had a happy new year, that their Christmas was good, and now we're ready to start out fresh. Um, We ended one stressful year. Hopefully it ended a little bit on a positive note and that 2022 is going to be heading in a little bit better direction. Um, Even though we are no longer in Advent, I'm not quite ready to let go of it yet. I'm also not ready to take all my Christmas decorations down. The tree's going to be up a while and some of the other decorations will be up a while. But during the four weeks of Advent, we lit four candles for hope, peace, joy, and love. And then on Christmas Eve, we lit lit the Christ candle. As you notice, four of those candles have been extinguished. Just the Christ candle is left up there. Um, And I decided to light it today because we at least need the light from that candle to shine. I don't think, even though those candles have been extinguished, that they should be extinguished in our hearts. They should live within us long after December 25th. And I want those four words, hope, peace, joy, and love, to be the guiding words for me in the year to come in 2022. Um, The one I really struggle the most with is peace. All of them are hard to follow, though. And then one thing, there was an old song called Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. And I think that's kind of what we do with those four words. We look for them in the wrong places. We look for them in our family, in our jobs, in how much money we make, in the things that we have. And we should know by now that's not where they come from, that they come from God. They don't come in the frenzy of the Christmas season when the decorations are put up and then afterwards when they come down. They don't come when we return to, quote, normal, when work, school, committees, volunteer things go back to what they were before November 28th when we started Advent. So I am hoping and praying that those things will be with me through all of 2022, and I will try more actively to seek them. There always seems to be a glimmer of hope, and joy peeks through now and then, even though I know you cannot manufacture hope or joy, and I know I am loved. I'm loved by God. I'm loved by Jim. I have friends that love me. That just leaves that wonderful word, peace, which ranks in my life ranks right up there with obedience, and I think maybe if I followed the two of them more, I wouldn't probably have so much trouble with either one of them. Um, in a world that seems turned inside out with a pandemic, with school shootings, with international conflicts, 
with 13-year-olds killing three-year-olds, with inflation, unemployment. And one thing that really hit me hard back in December this year was the number of hit-and-run accidents. I think there was a period, there was one week in December where there were four of them in five days. I just, I mean, it just really rocked me that people could be so unsensitive and not taking responsibility for their actions that they would do something like that. And I keep wondering, where is peace in all of this? It just seemed to be bubbling and boiling over and more and more turmoil. So I want to start this morning with a a little exercise. I want you to sit back in your seats, gently close your eyes, don't squeeze them tight, just gently close your eyes, and become aware of a dark place or hurt within you. Don't focus too hard on it, just be aware of it. And then be aware of the light of Christ, the light that we talked about in that John verse, is also with you in that dark spot. It always has been. Let go of the darkness. Let the light wash over it. Now open your eyes. Hopefully, there is a lightness where that darkness was, or at least a little bit more lightness. You have just sort of prayed for a resolution to that pain or darkness. Know that God will answer that prayer in his way, in his time, and for his purpose. Maybe there should be a fourth P in the title. Maybe it should be pain, prayer, patience, and peace. Think about it. When you feel overwhelmed, you're probably spending too much time with the world and not enough time with God. When did God ever break a promise to you or to me? We may think he has let us down, but it is only our perception of what we think we need that has disappointed us. Hear this prayer from Wilhelm, Wilhelm, I think it's pronounced Lowe, who was a German pastor and a founding sponsor of the Lurthen Church. O Lord, since I know not whence comes this grievous anguish and pain that oppresses and troubles my body and soul, whether from the devil or from mine own weak and diseased body, I commit the cause of all my suffering unto you and seek my help from you alone, O Lord, God of peace that passes understanding. Take away for the sake of him who in Gethsemane and on the cross did suffer all human pain and anguish, Take away for the sake of Christ, my only Savior, who is the eternal covenant between you and me. Take away my fear-filled heart for his dear sake, and so bring quiet unto my body and soul. When we are lost, lost in or so focused on the pain that we cannot think of anything else, That is when we need to turn to God in prayer. That is also quite often the hardest time to do it. That is when we really need to have to embrace that little simple statement that says, let go and let God. There will always be pain in our lives, and we can let it consume us, 
or we can release it to God and let him handle it. Sometimes that pain gets so familiar that it becomes comforting. We want to sort of wrap it around us like a blanket because we know what's going to happen with that pain. Letting go of it means stepping out into the unknown and not knowing what is going to happen. As I grow, one tiny little baby step at a time, I have found ways to pray and talk to God that may be unconventional for many people, but they fit me. If you know me, these things will fit me. Um, I'm alone in the house most of the time. I've gotten to the point I, I like being at home. But if there were listening devices in my house, the men in the white coats would be banging down my door. Because I talk. I talk a lot. I talk to the dog and the cats. And they're really good listeners because they don't talk back. They don't answer me. But boy, have they heard a whole bunch in the last year or so. I talk to my mother which is very, very surprising, given our history. I talk to my kids, but I also talk to God. I talk to God as if he was right there in my house, walking around with me as I do chores, as I sit and read, as I fix a meal, as I clean house. Sometimes they are tearful, messy prayers. Sometimes they are foot stompers. When I'm so angry, I just don't know what else to say. And sometimes they're giggles and laugh prayers. But they're prayers nevertheless. And I know he hears me. He's always there. I cannot hide from him. And it has taken me a while to learn that I can't just keep quiet, keep things hidden in my heart, and hide them from God, and he will never suspect they're there. He knows they're there. These prayers, while they aren't the same, the the formal church-type prayers, are still heard by God. They're true, they're full of faith and surrender, and they will reach God just the same as this pious word said in a church. Jesus told us not to pray like the Pharisees, who stood on the street corners praying so that everyone could hear them. He said, go find a quiet place by yourself and pour out your heart to God. Be honest. Don't hide your emotions. God wants your truthfulness. When I have felt the need for a formal prayer, I've turned to the Bible. The words in the Bible, even though some of them aren't meant to be prayers, can be turned into a prayer. And there's something there normally that you can find that will speak to you and help you speak to God. Um, I've got this Bible. It's an ESV version, which is what I like. But it's a prayer Bible. And sprinkled all through it are prayers of ministers, saints, missionaries, lay people, um, theologians. And they don't always seem to have anything to do with the section you're reading. It just sort of pops up. And the one I read from um, Wilhelm Lowe was, all, was one of the prayers from there. And I have found lots of times when I've been going through the Bible just looking for something, I will find one of those. And I think, wow, that person is saying exactly what I am trying to say. 
But I also found I can just open the Bible and hit a psalm that says exactly what I need to hear. Sometimes I don't know what to say. I'm completely at a loss for words. And having the Bible helps me. I also have another book by Charles Stanley that's called When You Don't Know What to Pray. It says, A Hundred Essential Prayers for Enduring Life's Storm. And I've turned to it many times recently. It's divided into four sections. And some of these titles are very interesting. The first section is Prayers for When Emotions Take Over. There's one for when you are hurt, when you fear the future, when you feel alone, when you feel inadequate. The second one is prayers for when life is difficult, when you don't know what to do, when you don't understand what you see, when you have failed, when you lose something you have worked for, when you need encouragement. The third section is for prayers for when others need help when they need to grow in their faith, when they need to be healed from an illness, um, to make wise decisions, when someone is baptized or married or nearing death. And then the fourth one is prayers for when you feel called. And there's one in there for service, using your gifts for God's glory. And I turned to that many times when I was getting ready for today because apparently God thinks I have some gifts I'm never sure, but reading some of those words reassured me that there's something there and he has something that he wants me to do with them. If we cannot find peace through our time and conversations with God, we are letting Satan win the battle to take us away from God. The simple prayer or command, get behind me, Satan, should come to our lips every time we are tempted with anything. Food, fame, jealousy, money, gossip. And the peace that follows that loosening of that temptation should give us a clue that peace is possible. God never wastes our pain. He uses this to lead us to a place of peace. All of our stories are full of love and pain. Our pain, God's love. Those times of trial build our trust in God. As we trust more, we find more peace. We will not go through life without strife and worry. But the more we learn to let go of them, the more we will enter into God's peace. We won't truly find God's complete peace until we enter his presence in heaven. But we can continue to walk towards it. Jesus was born to bring us the way to find that peace. At the Sanctus Real Christmas concert that we went to before Christmas, their leader said, there have always been war, pandemics, natural disasters, man-made catastrophes, and death. But since Christmas, we have been given a way to face them. Don't forget Jesus' birth and his peace-giving life here on earth. I am not a pastor, never had to face a congregation every single Sunday, but that also means I don't have all the wonderful stories that Floyd has and that even Andrew had and our other ministers that we've been around have had these stories. 
So I, I borrowed a story from a minister. Um, he gave it at our last board of ministry meeting, and I asked him if I could use it, and he said, sure, go ahead. He titled this Ray's Gift. Um, when he was a young pastor, um, he was given a two-point charge, and the churches were not real close together, and the time was between them was tight. So he would greet the people coming into the first church, go up, officiate through the service, run out the back door, drive to the next church, officiate at that service, and then say goodbye to them at the front door as they were all leaving. He said the one thing he was always looking forward to when he became a pastor was doing the Christmas Eve service. He said he had always loved the Christmas Eve service, even when he was in the congregation, when he got his candle lit from the person next to him, and they turned the lights off, and they sang Silent Night. But he said he was just so looking forward to standing up front and lighting the person, first person's candle and looking at the faces of those people out in the congregation. So early into his ministry at these churches, at the first church, he was standing there one Sunday greeting people, and he watched this man struggling to come to the church. He had two arm crutches. His wife and another man were helping him get up the step. And when he finally got up there and the minister greeted him, the man just sort of grunted at him. And his wife leaned over and said, his name is Ray. He had a stroke about 10 years ago, and that's about all the sound he can make. And he said... This man had a twinkle in his eye and such a look of peace on his face that he said it, was, it just touched everybody who was around him. And he said he came most Sundays to church. He said he wasn't there every Sunday, but most Sundays he came. Every Sunday it was a struggle to get up the steps and into the building. But he said he always had that twinkle and he always had that look of peace. Well, then came the Christmas Eve service. And he said everything was going as he had planned it. It was quiet. It was peaceful. The lights were turned down. The candles were starting to be lit. And they started singing Silent Night. And they said all of a sudden there was this terrible screeching sound. And he said he was looking around to try to figure out where it was coming from and how he could stop it. When all of a sudden it dawned on him, it was Ray. And Ray was whistling as best he could to Silent Night, still with that look of peace on his face. And he said there was no way in the world he was going to stop that. He just let it flow with the rest of the people singing Silent Night. Ray passed away a few weeks after that, a few weeks into January, because he had also um, developed cancer through all this. And he said, when Ray passed away, he still had that twinkle in his eye and that look of serene peace on his face. That's the look I want to have on my face. That's the look I want people to see. I want people to be able to look at me and say, wow, she goes through things just like everybody else. But she seems to be so peaceful about it. And I know I cannot have that peace without God, without listening to him, without 
offering those hurts and pain and disappointments to him and waiting for his healing. And that's what I ask for you, is that you all have that look of peace, too. Thank you. Amen. If you all would stand and we'll sing our last song. We're going to get out of here early today. <laughs>